Hey, everybody. Glad to be back. Glad to see you all tonight. Thanks for joining me on this awesome Thursday evening. Uh, Want to give a shout out to a few people. Want to say thank you to everybody who was with us at the filming uh, of the last episode. Uh, pretty, pretty intense stuff. Uh, trying to figure out what's happening. Uh, for those who are able to see some of the stuff live, uh, you got that whole sense of what was really going on at that location. Uh, for those of you who've seen the Ghost Adventures episode uh, about that location and the people there to see what they were going through, and it gave us a chance to really get down there and do the footwork to see um, how we can be of assistance and push back against something like that. So uh, we'll be covering that uh, in the next few weeks as well. So make sure you come and check it out. Um, but moving right along, you are watching My Darkest Hour. I am your host, Stefan Brigatti. Um, great to be back. Uh, a lot of events coming up. Uh, we'll talk about that towards the end here. Um, but tonight, I'm really glad to have my guest on tonight because uh, this is a person that I've known for a while. Did some paranormal work with her, trying to figure out what's happening at her location. Um, and we've talked about this case time to time on the show when I'm talking about some of the extreme hauntings we do. Um, you know, and it's one of those things. Uh, either we're doing some really fun stuff with some historical hauntings and, and you know, chasing some of the, the historical figures, uh, or we're getting in some of these really intense extreme haunted cases. Um, I know there's not that many people in California that really take these cases on because they're a lot of work and they just don't want to uh, dedicate that much time. And so this is one of those cases that uh, a friend of mine brought me into. And um, it uh, was pretty intense. A lot of things happened. I'm going to have her tell you the story. And it even went uh, to a television show. Uh, you heard me talk about the Paranormal Witness episode, Pit. Uh, it was interesting it was the way they laid it out. A long story to that. And we really wanted to show you the story behind that case. And it's called The Haunted Guest House. And uh, my guest tonight is Daniel Oberosler. And uh, we're going to find out how this book came about, the story behind it, and the case. And even with the case um, quieted down quite a bit, the lifestyle has uh, changed a little bit. And, and um, doors have opened. So I really wanted to get into this amazing case and, and find out where the journey is now for her. So we'll go ahead and bring her on the show uh, and get started. And on the bottom, you're going to see a little uh, a ticker, and you'll be able to uh, go find the book, and it's available on Amazon. Uh, it's not a long read. It's straightforward and right to the point, which is something I really love about this book. So make sure you guys go and check it out. So let's go ahead and bring her right on the show. Hi, Daniel. How are you? Hi, Stefan. I'm good. How are you? I am good. Thanks for joining me tonight. You know, like I was just telling them about the book. It's it's a great, great book. And uh, it's right to the point. So you get to follow the whole journey, so to speak, of how this all came about. So um, that's what I. Go ahead. That's what I was trying to do. I mean, it was. It was so many years and, and I was, it was a good exercise for me to like kind of try to remember everything from the beginning and go through it um, chronologically in my own mind and write it down. 
that's that's awesome. And, and you like you said, you know, you think about it, you put the story together, and then you have that that history behind it all. You know, and uh, anything comes on after that, you can always add on to those revisions or the next chapter or whatever you want to do. Because you know, talking about the whole paranormal experience, uh, it sounds like there's a whole new chapter in your life kind of happening. So um, before we get into all of that. Uh, let's go back a little bit to the beginning of how uh, this all started for you in your life. Well, it all started when I bought my house. You know, I didn't know it was haunted when I bought the house and I didn't live in the guest house. So, you know, I wasn't in the guest house that much and I didn't realize that it was horribly haunted until uh, one of my best friends moved from Australia to tattoo with me at my shop in here in Simi Valley Um, and she was living in there on a regular, you know, on a regular basis with the activity. And so she was coming to work and saying things like, Hey, did you ever notice there's activity in the house? And, um, and I didn't. And the only thing I can think about that is that whenever something came over here into my house, I didn't really think it was that unusual because I had seen ghosts since I was a little kid and I've seen them everywhere I've lived as well. So I might be the only person in the house that would wake up to having somebody by my bed, but I just felt like spirits pass through everywhere all the time. And um, it doesn't mean your house is haunted, you know, necessarily if you wake up and there's somebody there, you know? So I wasn't really that concerned in the beginning. Um, And the stories that she told were, were, were funny. Actually, we were um, working side by side and, every day she'd come in with a new little story of something that happened in the house. And, you know, um, they were little things like things are missing, things were moved. Um, you know, one night she said she was trying to fall asleep and the, um, the ghost found a squeaky floorboard and it kept squeaking it and it was keeping her awake and it was annoying to her. And so she like sat up and she yelled at the ghost, like, really? And it stopped. So then she was like laying back down in the bed And as she laid back down, it started squeaking again. And we just would laugh about it and be like, man, that guy's such a trickster in there, you know, like what a prankster. And he'd like move things and trip her and stuff like, you know, it was, it was just kind of funny, harmless stuff. But um, it started getting less like funny, you know, as the time went on that she was in there and, I remember like one time she was cooking at the stove and something pulled her by her shirt away from the stove, like moved her whole body, you know? And I was like, man, that's, that's kind of strong. Like that's a powerful being, you know, to be able to move you and you weigh 120 pounds, you know? Um, She started getting bruises and scratches and stuff uh, when she was sleeping. It was, she was having a hard time sleeping at night because there was so much activity and so much noise all night. Um, then she was oversleeping her alarms for work. So I remember she went to Target and she bought five alarm clocks um, to try five. to set them. Yeah. Those Why ones five? that like, I I don't know, because the ghost could make ones not work or whatever. And so she tried to to buy five to wake up to um, to get to work on time and And instead of going off at the time that she set them, they went off at like three in the morning or something. And they all went off together and she couldn't turn them off. Like 
she physically couldn't turn them off. And so she tried to bundle them in a blanket and like stuff them in the closet so she could still try to get some sleep, you know, with all that noise. So, wow. Yeah. That, that is, that is, that is a, a prankster. Cause that would, that'd be something I would do just to, just to be a jerk. But I mean, seriously, I know. you buy five clocks, you're setting them at different times, but they're all going to go off at the same time and not be able to be turned off just to piss you off. I mean, that's, that's pretty. It would do that. But then one time, one time I was outside the guest house and she, she texted me, I'm just getting on the plane. Cause she you knows she had moved back to Australia. So she was coming back to stay in the guest house. She goes, I'm just getting on the plane right now. And I'm standing outside the guest house and I could hear one of the alarms go off inside the house just when she texted me. And I said, well, the house knows you're coming. <laughs> uh, uh, wow. So, and even talking about it, sometimes your alarms would go off, you know? That's, that's interesting. But they're always picking up on everything we're doing and thinking they're ahead of the game, so... Dude, they're like it. 10 steps ahead of us every time, I feel like. Yeah. As soon as you thought about it, they've already taken control they of it. They already thought of it. Yeah. So let's talk about what you said in the beginning there. You said that you grew up seeing spirits and stuff. So let's talk a little bit about that. Obviously, uh, you've got some sight to you. Uh, growing up as a kid, I same thing to me. I don't think being in a haunted house is a weird thing because I'm so used to it. But tell us a little bit about your growing up and your experiences as a kid. Yeah, when I was a kid, I would see, I would wake up and there'd be like people around my bed, but I'd see other things too, like like just the shadow on my wall. It would it would like form a skull, and I'd be looking at the plants, you know, outside my window, going, "How is those leaves making that on my wall?" and I remember one time and I know I'm not crazy. Those eyes glowed red and I'm like still looking outside and I'm looking at my window going, how, like, how is that happening right there? But you know, you learn quickly that nobody else sees anything you're seeing, but I'd be always staring at the closet, staring at the shadows, you know, and I did everywhere I lived. Um, I'd wake up. I, I remember one time I was in, um, I want to say it was in North Carolina and I was by the a civil war battlefield staying at a relative's house and stuff. And I woke up and there was this man floating above me and his face was just like an inch from my, my face. And he had those, like his glasses looked like they were homemade. Like the wire was bent, you know, around the glass. How and weird. He, yeah. He looked like um, he'd cut his own hair. Like it was very short, but it looked like a home job you know and and i just thought i think that he was one of those battlefield guys that died close by but to wake up and have him floating this close to me i i remember i i woke up and of course at first you're startled but then he started to back away and i'm like wait what are you doing what are you doing like what are you doing to me why are you here but he just vanished he just floated away and vanished I saw that. I saw, I feel like a lot of times things have tried to enter, like enter into my body when I'm sleeping at night and you wake up and you feel like you're having a little struggle about that. Like mm -hmm. it feels, it feels like electricity kind of like entering into your field and you know, you have to just kick them out and stuff. And I, I felt that 
a lot of times, actually a lot of times, but not so much recently, but um, I don't know. It's just, it's just something I've always, I've always noticed. I've had things talking to my ear. Um, I've seen blurry spots fly around and stuff. And, you know, more lately I've, I've definitely, well, I've definitely woken up and seen spirits around my bed, but I've seen orbs. I'll see those a little bit more now lately. Um, and I'm just trying to think about as a child. Okay. Cause that's all, that's a, that's a lot of stuff right there. And as a child, that'd be pretty scary stuff. I remember, well, the, I don't know. I wasn't really that scared. I don't know why I wasn't scared. And I would be, I would be startled, like surprised. But after this initial waking up or, or whatever and seeing something, I wouldn't be scared anymore. And I would want to know, what are you, what are you here for? Why are you here? You know, why are you coming to me? What do you want? Yeah, like some kind of message. Are you trying to say something? Are you trying to show me something? What are we doing here? You know, that kind of stuff. You know, what's, yeah. you know there's got to be a purpose if you're standing next to my bed while I'm sleeping. What's up? I don't know. I, I sometimes I wonder because I I still um, I get a lot of stuff follow me home still now. Like if I go in public and I've learned to cloak myself and protect my house and stuff, but still a thing will come here and there. And and um, and I wonder if there's something about my my aura that makes them think I can see them better than I can or something, you know. Well, I don't know. That's that's the theory behind it. I mean, the hypothesis is that any type of somebody who has uh, what we hit say the gift of light in them, like the psychic abilities, uh, those lights seem to shine brighter. So they see that and they're attracted to that right away. Like, oh, this over here, it's so beautiful. Oh, it's a person. They can see us. Wonderful. Hey, you know, we're interacting. Because but I can't, I, I can't just see them. Like I don't see them in public. I don't see them unless I'm in that more of like the state of between awake and asleep. There's like, mm-hmm. I see them better there. Or I see if I meditate, I can see um, a lot more. I don't, oh, okay. I, I'll see things like shadows in the broad daylight. I'll see things, you know, other things like that. I'll know something's around, but I don't see it very clearly. Not like my daughter. My daughter sees it like they're me and you in that room, you mm-hmm. know, she just see it very clearly. So yeah. I think they, they think I see them better than I do. <laughs> well, that's cool. At least you know they're there, you know. It's hard, a little bit oh, harder yeah, to no. on you when, you're, when, you're, when they're there. I think I'm a uh, noticer. Yeah, I notice all the little things, the temperature change, the smell, the light flicker, the shadow go by, the orb, the light, the, everything. I, I notice it all. Yeah, I used to uh, see stuff like that quite a bit. Um, I used to see them solid as regular people, you know, Indians and stuff. It was a pretty strange childhood. And I never had any bad things happen until I got older. And then I just weird things started happening. I'm like, oh, okay. They're not all, they're not all Casper. There's other things out there. So, yeah. But that's when I started experiencing things like uh, sleep paralysis, you know, when you're, in that state, you're wide awake and you can't move and you feel like you're just contained. And everyone says, oh, that's a nerve condition, this or that. Sure, but what's causing it? There's other things that could be causing that. It could be something trying to invade you 
Uh, it's pinning I, you down. It's, it's draining all your energy, so you cannot move. Um, I've, I've definitely had arguments with people because they always say it's just sleep paralysis, and I've experienced it many times. But um, and so is my daughter. But um, it's one thing to have sleep paralysis, and it's another thing when you can hear with your ears your energy being sucked to the side of you, and something is draining you, and it's sucking. You can hear the wind. And, and when I was fighting to get out of it, I remember I would always just cuss in my mind and be like, get the, you know, off me, whatever. And, and it left, but my whole house popped and I know where it left. It went under the eve of my, um, the, you know, the floorboard, the, whatever you call it, if, between the wall and the floor, it went through a crack. I know exactly where it left. And then my house made this loud, like pop sound. I know something was there. I know I was in sleep paralysis and I know that's a thing, but that doesn't mean that, that something isn't also attacking you. My daughter came in here and she goes, I think I just experienced sleep paralysis like a couple months ago. And I'm like, what happened? She said, well, it was for three hours and I was being electrocuted and something was stomping around my room and it was slamming the doors and throwing things. And my cats were screaming and running around. I'm like, honey, that's not sleep paralysis. Yeah, that's a little beyond. That's like poltergeist. Three hours? Three hours is not sleep paralysis. You were being electrocuted? No, I'm sorry. That's not. <laughs> that's the worst sleep paralysis I've ever heard. That sounds horrible. Yeah. Yes. But that's, so. that's, that's the point. Sleep paralysis is a thing, but what's causing it, you know? Uh, outside energy yeah. is forcing that can cause that. They can pin you down. Even if it's natural and it's something you do so you don't roll off your bed when you're sleeping, it doesn't mean something else isn't taking advantage of you in that state. Yeah. That's what I, I, I see. That used to happen to me, and then I got tired of it, and I started fighting back against it, and I haven't had it ever since, and I was, I was pretty young. Yeah. I just got tired of it. said, that's enough, dude. What's up? So I put my foot down, and it never came back. Yeah. Well, I'm sure that they know when you're in that state and you're very vulnerable at that point. So I don't see why they wouldn't take advantage if they wanted to do something to you, like enter your energy field, siphon your energy, try to possess you, whatever it is they're trying to do. I would not be surprised one tiny bit if they, they waited till you were in that point of sleep, you know? Yeah. I'm not too worried about it. I got a lot of protectors. Yeah. I have a, no, I have a bunch of, and my mom, my mom's always there because like I told you, I think I told you the last time I saw yeah. you, she was holding my hand and my arm was off the bed and I was told my wife, like say my mom was just here and she goes, how do you know? And I just touched her with my hand and it was beyond ice cold. It was so cold. But uh, yeah, we always have people around and keeping an eye on us, you know, because of yeah. Crazy radicals will see that light shimmering and they'll try to get in there and take advantage of it. So you got to be careful. Yeah. I was getting, you always got to lay your ground rules down and put your foot down. It's all about intention. Yeah. We're, we're, we're pretty good. We've been, you know, seeing a shaman for a year and learning, um, learning all that and how, you know, to take care of ourselves and, and, and everything. So when you were living at the house and you still do, cause you still own the house. Um, mm -hmm. How did things start really escalating there? Like we're talking about Hannah and I met Hannah and we, we, we went over that stuff. 
about her going into the trances and staring out the window. Yeah. Uh, I told you when I spent the night at your house, I had a similar experience in that room. Um, I mean, there's things I haven't even told you about when I spent the night there yet. So. <laughs> I don't even uh, remember that you did spend the night, but I know that you were here a lot of times over the course of that one year um, after Hannah moved to Australia she had things had gotten worse for her and I was starting to get concerned because she was saying things like the house smelled like sulfur. And like I said, she was getting scratches, um, um, all the way down her back. Um, she was getting bruised and stuff and she wasn't behaving like herself anymore. And it just seemed like, you know, something bad was going on in the house. And that's why after she moved out, I had you and other mediums come by and, you know, do investigating and stuff. Cause I really just wanted to know what is happening in this house. You know, why is it so bad? And that's, you know, you all were there. Um, we got great pictures, we got great um, video and sound and all that. But, you know, the important things that I did learn was that a satanic um, ritual happened in the house um, back in the day um, involving some bikers. There was a few murders and a drug overdose in the house that was picked up on and there was uh, maybe five or six regular ghosts in there every day um, that felt like that was their home. But then there was like uh, a portal, you know, it was like a bus stop and all these things were coming and going all the time. And it was very, very active. Um, and what happened is um, the house had, I had left it empty for a couple of years because it had gotten so bad that it just wasn't safe to have anyone in that house anymore. And so it was empty. And I ran in there to grab a space heater after it had been, you know, left alone for so long. And um, when I took the space heater to my shop, but then I went over to my mom's and all the activity went over to my mom's house. And that became quite a problem over there. It was worse, I think, than it ever was here. And I didn't, I just thought that, you know, I, like it attached to me and it went with me over there. Um, so I thought it wouldn't be too hard to kick it back to my property since, um, you know, the mediums had said it was here at this house because somebody was earthbound. So we couldn't cleanse the house get rid of the guy because somebody's buried under the house, you know, which is what the show was based on was me looking for that body. So we could finally cleanse the house, which is what I really wanted to do. And um, we didn't find a body. So, you know, I don't know. We tried cleanse it didn't work, but um, everything went over to my mom's house and we tried to do a magic spell with my friend, Sam Von Bitter she did a candle with oils on it and whatnot. And we tried to banish it from my mom's house thinking it shouldn't be too hard to get rid of it from here because it's not earthbound at my mom's, but it didn't work. And what it really did was piss it off. And for five days while that candle burned, it was so bad. It was slamming cabinet doors. It was breaking glass. You know, it was scratching my kid. Now um, my mom was getting touched inappropriately um, their rooms were smelling like sulfur. My room smelled like mildew. So I had a different thing going on in there and, you know, all night long, I wasn't getting any sleep. I, I know I texted you cause I needed help at that time, 
I wasn't getting any sleep um, because, you know, I was getting jumped on. My body was being jumped on by demons. Um, if I fell asleep and my hand went off the edge like yours did and your mom held your hand, which is so sweet, I would get bumped by something like it felt physically bumped, you know. And so I was like laying in bed and I was like doing this like mummy thing. Oh, I wasn't wow. sleeping, but I was I didn't want like any limbs you know, off the side or anything. And, um, we tried different things. We tried bringing my RV over to sleep in that and the activity went out to the RV. So I, I heard this woman, um, uh, at a crystal store here in town cleanse houses. So I go talk to her and she says she'll come the next day to cleanse the house. But she goes, meanwhile, since you're not getting any sleep, here's some candles, pour a salt line on the stairs and trap him upstairs and burn these candles you know, imagine a wall of light on the salt line and all that. And I did that. And I went out and I, I slept in the RV and actually I slept. I did sleep. And it was great because I had gone weeks without sleep. But somebody walked over the salt line, like my sister walked over the salt line, getting ready for work uh. over at my mom's house. And when that happened and I'm out in the RV, I woke up. I left this part out at Paracon. I totally forgot this part. Um, I woke up it was about five 30 in the morning and I felt like my forehead was stretching to the house. And I was like, oh, Holy wow. shit. Somebody walked over that salt line and not, and it woke me up, but I felt the pull on my third eye from doing that spell. And I knew at that moment, magic's real, but I also don't know what I'm doing. And I'm just sort of dabbling and I don't know what I'm doing. And so the biker, I felt him like right over me. <laughs> I didn't see him, but I felt him and I smelled him. And he was putting these images in my mind of me trying to drive my car and him and I fighting over the controls of my car and him causing me to crash. And then I knew I did. I was successful. I did trap him for the night upstairs. I got a great night's sleep, but he was threatening yeah, to kill me. Early. Yeah. And I was like, I can't, I can't trick him twice. You know what I mean? Yeah, so he's not going to go back up there and th wait for for you to do it again. He's going to be thinking of the next move. Yeah. So, um, so I knew that was that I couldn't do that again. The the next day, that woman canceled on me. She told me that um, what I had going on was too big for her to deal with. Is what she said, but now she says it wasn't for her to deal with. Whatever. Anyway. Um, uh. So. She, somebody at that point says, you need a shaman. And I told my friend, Sam again, Von Bitter. Um, she's one of my best friends. And she, she Googled, you know, Googled one near nearby and she found one on Yelp. And that was Michael's shaman. She said it was vibrating. Like she knows this guy can help me. Um, so I called him immediately. I booked in, he couldn't see me for two or three days. And I was pretty bummed, you know, cause I was like so tired. It, it was really maybe six weeks of not sleeping, you know, and, um, and just being really stressed out and kind of losing it a little bit. But um, I, I had the appointment for him, but I was looking at his Yelp and it, it only said he was a great life coach and things like that. It didn't say anything about cleansing a house. And he also wasn't coming to my house. He was um, having me come to him. So I was like, I don't know how this is supposed to work. Like, I really don't. And um, so I hired these two other shamans that were going to come 
one was going to work remotely with one that was coming and they were going to cleanse the house, both houses, my house, my guest house, my mom's house, all of it. So they were the ones who told me that the biker didn't travel across town with me. He overlapped my property with my mom's house. And that's why we couldn't like kick him back is somehow he was bending space. And uh, yeah, it's like, a, it's like a, like a vortex, you know, like they say how, how aliens can travel. They'll just bend one part of the universe and overlap it. And then all of a sudden yeah. let it go. Doing the well, same time and thing. space aren't, yeah. Time and space yeah. aren't a thing on their side. So yeah. Doesn't totally make any relevant. sense to me. Yeah. But to him, that's how he did it. That's how it was. That's how he did it. That's how come I couldn't get rid yeah. of him. So if he <laughs> was like, oh my rat, God. Take the house with him. Yeah. And she told me that, um, that he could tell, he knew that I dated a biker and that had a drug problem. He thought he was my type. He fancied himself as my boyfriend and that he was my daughter's dad. So, um, and she did, she said, she told me on that call that the demons know, know that my daughter can see them. And I didn't know that my daughter could see any of it. She didn't mention it to me. So after that call, I went upstairs and I asked her about it. And she said that she just thought she was going crazy. You know, she didn't know what was happening. But so anyways, that's how I learned that she could see um, anything at all. And then, um, I kept the appointment with Michael Shaman. I went and saw him. I brought my daughter because at that point, Morgan had spent the night at other friends' houses and their families were being attacked over at their oh, houses wow. while my mom and I were still being attacked at her house. So I was like, who is this attached to? Is it attached to me? Is it attached to Morgan? What is happening? You know? So I brought both of us to the appointment so he can like figure out what, which of us it's attached to or whatever is happening. And he, um, that's when he put us on his massage table, he used his pendulum. He looked at our chakras. Morgan's chakras were really perfect actually. And that's when I learned that she already was meditating and doing shadow work and using crystals on herself. Oh, there you go. On her own. And, uh, and me, mine were wonky. My chakras weren't good. And he said, it's you, you're, you're leaking energy. And, you're feeding them. So that's, you know, making them really strong. So, you know, he dealt with one of the traumas from my childhood and it fixed my root chakra and boom, energy was no longer going to the biker anymore. And so he, um, he said, the biker's really weak. Um, I'm going to throw him in the light. And I said, and he said, but he says he knows you in life. And I'm like, what's his name? And he said, Tim. And I said, was he Hell's Angel? He said, no. I said, was he Satan's slave? And he said, yes, he's Satan's slave. And I'm like, I knew he was an out, I knew he was an outlaw biker. You shush it. My dog heard your dog's bark. <laughs> I was just saying, because Harley's out here barking behind me, and I'm like, you can hear each other. Oh, hey. there goes Mona and Charlie. Shush. So anyway, um, he uh, he threw the he blinked his eyes. I'm gonna get my spray bottle here in a minute. Hold um, on, I'll I'll mute it while you talk. So because they're they're freaking out right now. Hold on. Probably because mine is barking. Sorry about that. He was behaving. Hey, stop it. 
so uh so he says he threw him in the light he just blinked his eyes and he said all right he's gone he's in the light and i said what about the demons that were with him and he said uh yeah he had he had two demons shut it shut it he had two demons and they're in the light with him being processed and uh I really, I didn't believe it would work. I really didn't. And I went back to my mom's and she said she heard some banging around um, upstairs at the time. Cause he was calling in the Archangel Michael too. And all that. She said she heard it banging around upstairs and then it's been really quiet since then. And, uh, and honestly it was, it was a lot better after that, that night we slept, we all moved back upstairs cause we were not sleeping upstairs anymore. Um, we were, um, you know, sleeping in other places, other houses and on the couch. My mom and I were down on the couch or in the RV or something. But we we all moved back upstairs and it was pretty quiet. Um, and then, you know, the two weeks go and the other shamans, you know, come and deal with the house. But, you know, he tells me that I've got this tall shadow. No, he didn't tell me what was in there. He said I had something in my bedroom that was making me feel like I was having a heart attack. Um pressing on my chest. Um, so he cleansed the house, but at the end he said, I left these crystals all over and they're going to act like a laser and anything that's left behind are going to get zapped by the laser and they'll eventually leave. And I was like, all I'm hearing right now is that he left stuff here. Like he didn't get rid of it. Um, and so Michael Shaman saw Morgan for her own appointment. And he tells her at that appointment that she's, um, she's got past lives where she's, you know, got a lot of clairvoyant abilities and has done this kind of work before and that we don't need to hire shamans to clear, clean the house for us, that she can do it very, very easily. Like just in her mind, boom, gone. So, you know, I'm still feeling up in my room, this heart attack feeling. So I know that thing never left. And um, I still was having something walk around my bed too. There was still, some, there was still some stuff, you know, so I asked my daughter what's in my room. And she said, I had a really tall shadow figure and it ne never leaves my room. I swear I'm going to kill my dog. Um, and so I said, well, be a good little girl and go get rid of mommy's demons. <laughs> and she did. She got rid of them. And this, was, and this was in your room, right? That was in my bedroom. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I remember when we were there before, um, we were with the Hannigans. Uh, they were pointing out that there was a shadow running around your room trying to get away from us. Oh, really? Maybe it was there the whole time. But, you know, it's funny. Well, it's not funny. But I had a friend die from a, a burst aorta. And so whenever I'd feel this feeling, I'd be like, oh, no. Is that, you know, is, am I having, you know, like a, um, what's that when you think you have illnesses that you don't have? psychosomatic yeah but yeah like a hypochondriac yeah kind of like this happened oh, to yeah. my friend so oh no now it's happening to me you know like when really it was paranormal the whole time yeah it was weird i didn't have to be in my room to have that feeling either i could be like downstairs at my mom's and feel it and know that it was still doing it from my bedroom that's that's an attachment it can be somewhere else and still affecting you it's like yeah it's kind of almost like it's attached something or like a little bug or something to you and you take it with you and it's, it's receiving that signal the whole time you know yeah 
So Morgan did clean up the rest and then, um, and then she's the one who closed the portal here. We had a lot of people try a lot of shamans tried and they couldn't do it. And it took Morgan three tries and she did it finally. So that's awesome. Now she knows how to close portals. Um, Michael shaman told her, cause we still had a lot of energy in the house. People would feel dizzy still. And, and it was still attracting a lot of um, negative things to the house. You know, the portal being, being there at all ever. And the satanic ritual that happened. Um, so he said that she needed to close it in all the dimensions, not just this one. And so she did just like last week, close it in two more dimensions. So it's closed in three dimensions, which she said is the only ones it's open in. So. That's interesting. And, and when we talk about uh, when you found out that there was satanic ritual done, um, let's talk a little bit about that. And that's behind the pit area because we haven't even talked about the pit itself yet. Yeah. Um, when I found out there was a portal or a satanic ritual happened in the house, that's when in my mind I saw Charles Manson there uh, involved somehow. And at the time, Manson was still alive. He was in prison, you know, he was old, but he was still alive when y'all were coming here and doing the investigations. Um, it wasn't until this year, actually, the, the portal was closed a year ago. And then this year for about a month, we had um, Charles Manson's ghost here um, hanging out. He was kind of living in the guest house with Morgan, but I'd wake up and see him over my bed and stuff too. And I drew him and everything, but um, he, he did get mad at me because he didn't want anyone to know he was here. And so one time when somebody found out he was here, he jumped into my dream and he strangled me with his astral arms. So he strangled my astral body and in my dream was strangling me. It was, it was a little more real than real <laughs> that time. But yes, the pit, what about, is it more about the pit you wanted to? Well, people, to people that are listening that don't know about your story or the book, they're going to be asking about, uh, I want them to know about the pit because the whole story is the pit, but we haven't talked about the pit. So let's talk about the experience you have with, the pit that was outside the kitchen. Yeah, that was, well, cause you know, paranormal witness came in like 2015. So, you know, that's when, uh, before that is when I had decided to take up my floor in the guest house. Cause when I bought the house, there was a big hole there already. And I had only put plywood over it. So when I'm being told that there's something in the earth, earthbound, possibly a body, satanic rituals, this and that, and I need to get this stuff out of the dirt. So I took the plywood up and I started digging. Um, I don't know for how long I dug in that hole. I will say that I got a little bit obsessed with it, but mostly because I wanted to cleanse the, the property and I did want the house to be a lot better. You know, I don't think I was obsessed in a, like a dark way. <laughs> No, it's not like you're possessed in a house and you have to start digging and stuff for no reason. At no, all. no, no, no. But, yeah. but yeah, no, I was in there a lot because I really was motivated to get rid of, you know, the activity. And, you know, it makes you feel bad when your house is dangerous to your family and friends, you know, and everybody's getting hurt that comes to see you. It's like, you know, it's, it makes you feel guilty. And I don't know why I felt guilty. It wasn't my fault, you know? but you feel guilty and you can't protect them. So I, I felt very motivated to, to get 
rid of whatever was the problem, you know, on the property. And imagine yeah, it's your, your home, it's your safe haven. It shouldn't be a place that you want to go to and not feel safe. at. Yeah. And even as much as that happened to me, I feel like I was one of the ones that was maybe less harmed a little in a way. I don't know. I'm probably wrong. I'm probably was harmed a lot. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> because the demons, I think were the ones bothering like Hannah and my daughter but the biker was messing with me. So I don't know. Yeah. Almost like there was some kind of like, like uh, Michael was saying that there's the biker says there's some kind of connection between you two. Maybe that's why he decided he was going to attach himself to you um, because there's some kind of connection. Well, um, and he thinks he's my boyfriend, you know, what? So. that's even weirder. That's what, um, yeah, that's what, um, the one clear, the one shaman said was that he, he's, he imagines he's my boyfriend. Well, he's not a very good boyfriend. No, he was mean. Well, and one of the people he killed was his girlfriend. Let's not forget. I remember she was stabbed. Yeah. Not, not cool. No, not cool. Cause he figured she was cheating or something, whatever, but he did kill her in that guest house. So he's yeah. not really the nicest boyfriend, I would say. No, he, he definitely killed her and he let her bleed out in the tub in there. Yeah. Not cool. Not cool. Not cool. Yeah, the, the pit is uh, an amazing thing because everybody gets around it and gets uh, kind of hypnotized by it. Uh, I was there with Regal and it's the night that we spent the night there. It was just me and Regal. And uh, he kept hanging out in uh, the pit area and he was just sitting there and he just started digging, started moving stuff around and trying to dig. And I was trying to do uh, EVP work like in the other room and stuff. So it was definitely something that kind of draws you to it. Uh, when me and Mike yeah, had the equipment, we were over there and the equipment was doing crazy things and, and being stupid. Was the, the temperature was always 666 and stuff like that. I'm like, oh, power tricks. Nice. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It did do, it did do that. And that, and back then, back there in the pit, I mean, I think, you know, when the equipment was really ramped up, all the energy was really high. That's when everyone was getting the cigarette burns, which I still have. I was wearing a hoodie and I have a burn, like a clean circular burn on my hoodie from that night. But um, yeah, the pit was a little intense and it did make you, I mean, I, I don't want to say that you'd be a, like kind of possessed or obsessed. It, it was a little obsessive. That's why I felt a little bit like Kevin Bacon in the movie Stir of Echoes. Remember when he was like tearing up his house, trying to find that girl's great body. Movie. I mean, yeah. Great movie. Great movie. But that's how I, I identified very much with that character um, in the movie because kind of was never going to give up. Exactly, because there's some kind of mission there. You, if there's someone down there, you have to find them or whatever. But yeah. uh, a very, very interesting location. Um, yeah. But people kept talking about that. People kept having these experiences. The staring out the window in the middle of the night for no reason at all. I stood out there and I looked out your driveway myself. And I was realizing I was starting to catch that. I'm like, wait a minute. Why do I care about looking out this window? Yeah, you're like being influenced to behave in a way do something maybe you were like why am i doing this 
Yeah. I don't know. Like, you were there you when my for a second, and then all of a sudden you're like, "Why am I still staring here? What what's going on?" And then you'd walk away from it. You were there when my friend did the Jewish Kaddish um, prayer for the dead over that pit, and remember, she invited anyone in particular, no one in particular, to use her body. Remember that? I do remember she, that. Uh, yeah, that was crazy. But like that night, she went home. And she says that she was laying in bed sleeping and her body got thrown off the bed and hit the side table. And she had like a, a bruise on her head. And she had a negative attachment after that for quite a while. She, um, I mean, the stuff she did after that, and she got three satanic tattoos after that, which she didn't have any before that. And I remember one night she was out with me and, um, I dropped her off at home and she jumped on her bed and she started kicking her husband while he was asleep and she pissed on him. And the next day he called the police and had her removed and they're divorced now, basically. So um, she did get a negative attachment that's been removed now, but um, I had to send her to the shaman like, dude, you need to be cleaned up. Like I couldn't even be near her anymore. Like it made me, it made my hair bristle like on my neck. I couldn't be near her. But you shouldn't open yourself up to like that. Though. That's kind of, you know, especially if you're dealing with negative stuff. You never say, hey, come on, use my body for, or use my energy because they'll attach themselves and they'll do exactly that. Yeah, well, and the shaman said that who was attached to her was negative, but it was a human. It wasn't a demon. It was a negative person. But I, who he described, she didn't know who it was. But I've woken up and seen that guy next to my bed before. It wasn't the biker. It was like a teen, a teenager with like long hair. There were two of them together actually by my bed. But, and they had like band t-shirts on, like, you know, with graphic, graphics on the front and stuff. I know exactly who it was. No, I, I mean, honestly, when you wake up like that and you're like, I, on I thought I was having a home invasion at that moment. And I was like, oh, okay. I think I screamed at them. What are you doing in here? And then they vanished. It gives you a little oh, heart dude, attack. You know? me. No way. That's, yeah. Yeah. You have to get sleep when that's happening. Teenagers of all people, the creepiest things in the world. They're the worst. <laughs> they should be illegal. Yeah, you got to be a certain age to haunt places. You know, you can't just go rogue as, as a teenager. Nah. Anyways, she was being negatively influenced for sure. So she's she's all good now. She's all cleaned up. Did she get the tattoos removed, or she still got them? She's got them. They're not going anywhere. I don't think. Did you do the tattoos? No. I actually was getting tattooed at a, a shop. Um, and she was there and she got one of the other guys to get to tattoo her while she was waiting for me. Oh, okay. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. But anyway. Um, so after all this stuff and going through all these different things and trying to break the attachment, you got this, the help from Michael Shaman. Um and then you realize your daughter has the abilities to continue doing all that stuff, which is awesome. But she, you know, it's also dangerous for her at the same time because she's a really bright beacon. So a lot of the things are going to be drawn to her. 
Well, um, that's why she's uh, that's why she's the apprentice shaman now. She's not, you know, you can't be as bright as her. She's interdimensional. She's she is a beacon, so you can't be her and not know what you're doing. So she's the apprentice, and um, you know, just yesterday I think she got rid of two negative attachments on people, or she she got rid of a negative attachment for somebody that works for me, and um, she cleansed a house. Like just uh, cool. yesterday. Yeah. So people contact her and she gets hired to do that kind of work um, all the time. She nice. doesn't have to go there. She doesn't go to the house. She just does it um, remotely. That's the easiest way. Working from home. Yeah, totally. She likes it better than going there and doing the sage and stuff. But but yeah, when she remote views and sees a negative um, being, they see her right back. And that's why she got that attack that, attack that was three hours I actually, after um, um, my friend having that negative attachment, I now recognize when I'm near somebody who has a negative attachment, um, how I feel. And so I know that that person has a negative attachment. So I was um, with this group and um, I felt really gross. And I said, that guy's got a negative attachment. So I came home and I meditated and I saw that he had a... um, uh, well, I saw what it was, but I didn't know what it was. And so then I had to have Morgan look and, um, she, you know, she said that is an alien and it was a reptilian actually. So I think because she helped me draw it better, I saw it briefly, but again, they tricked me a little bit to me. It looked, had really sad eyes. Like it's really sad and empathetic and I had empathy for him and whatever. And I didn't know what it was, you know? And Morgan's like, no, that thing is negative and it's a reptilian. <laughs> so anyway, she she kept looking at it to help me draw. And then she got attacked. I wonder why I attacked her. Like she was giving up information that they didn't want you to know or something? No, um, just it just came, um, you know, because we looked at it and then it came for us a little bit. It came for her. So um, I don't think that's the case. And in fact, a lot of my drawings that I do, um, like I gave uh, Greg, who, you know, Greg had a reptilian attachment as well that Michael Shaman got rid of. And when Greg put that picture of the reptilian in his bedroom, he started feeling he had a negative energy in his room and his dog was acting really weird in the room and stuff. And, and he had to like flip the drawing over and then it went away. So it's almost like if you put one of my drawings in your room you might attract some of that stuff to your house because they know that we looked at it. They know we drew it. You know what I mean? Like, and then if you post it up on your wall, it thinks you're like into it or something. I don't know. You're accepting it. So that is probably the only really I've drawn two negative things. One's an attachment. And then that alien, the rest of the things I've drawn have been really positive things. Let's talk about your drawings Let's, since we're at that point. Um, yeah. You've shown me a couple of things you've drawn, you, you drew for me, which I appreciate. And I think it's really awesome. Um, yeah. Can you show us a couple of examples of some of your drawings? I can. I, I, um, so I, I, I sometimes um, see people's spirit guides and um, they, come, they come to me because they want me to draw them. And it's nice because I think 
it helps people connect um, better to their spirit guides. But here I'm going to, is it doing it? Is it sharing my screen? I'm not saying anything yet. Hold on. Okay. Hold on one second. Okay. It should do it now. Is it sharing? Oh my God. It wants me to restart Google Chrome. I'm going to have to do it on my iPad. This freaking, we tried to do this before this meeting, but okay. All right. So I'll just show you on my iPad. I've got them all. It's not as good, of course, but. Um, People get the idea though. Yeah. So this one yeah, is actually. Yeah, this, this is, we started calling him Leo because he looks like a lion and he didn't have a name. Um, but this is a part of Stefan's actual soul tribe i don't know what he is to you actually i don't know if he's you know spirit guide i don't know what he is uh kind of a spirit guide guardian kind of thing hanging out yeah. having a good time just making sure it's all good at um paracon he was leaping all around and he was leaping um all over the walls he jumps really far see um, when you're talking about the leaping and stuff like i was telling you before we started the show when i encounter him he acts like my dogs and is jumping around all excited and jumping on the bed and wanting to get he's, ahead of you. That's he's, yeah, he's an active guy. The, my first one, actually, that I drew um, is this one. This is who goes around with me. So I woke up one night, or I wasn't even sleeping. He was standing at the end of my bed, peeking at me around the, uh, the corner of my bed and around my feet. And he is a golem. We didn't know. Uh, that they were real and they are, but um, we named him precious and he's often with me, but he's very hyper. He gets the zoomies and runs all around. I'm sure he's running around right now, which is because we're talking about him. But um, I did draw um, Charles Manson, the way he looked when he was floating over my bed. It looks so like a genius. I know because it, it's like his only his upper body was kind of formed. Um, for what I saw and he was green and glowing and see-through-ish that's how he looked to me but sometimes I draw things that I haven't even seen but my daughter helps me draw them or Michael Shaman or we've got another friend I did see these guys I've got about seven gnomes at my house gnomes yeah so they have that like eye shape we were talking about that's like an animal where there's no white to the eye yeah or no, we weren't talking about that. I was talking about that. Somebody else. But kind of like a mouse and a human. Um, what else? This is my latest one. This woman was at Paracon and she had a, a fairy spirit guide. I don't know if you can see the colors. Oh, yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. She's really cute. She wears a... I'm, I'm trying to get it so the light is looks nice on your camera. She's Her wings are like rose petals. And she wears gold lingerie and she's very pinupy. And that's different for um, for fairies as far as I've seen, because like we've got this one in the front yard. And that oh, is a cool. that's a blue fairy. But most of the ones I've seen have had more of a structure of a, their face like this, where the nose, uh, the bridge is wider and they don't look like humans that much. And she doesn't even have wings. She runs on air. But blue fairies are really good because they are healers. That's awesome. And you got one in your, your front yard? 
Yeah, she lives in my front yard. I've got a lot of things here at my house. My house happens to be on a dimension line with um, Middle Kingdom, which is the fairy dimension. So we've got a door to the fairies right here on my wow. property. My property, it turns out to be like, I don't know if it's on ley lines or what. There's probably a reason why they came here and they did satanic rituals to start with is because the property was already I'm very powerful. Right there, yeah. This little plant guy, I've got a couple of different kinds of plant guys. We've got even like, um, I woke up and this guy was floating over me once. And he's like a Peter Pan, nature spirit. Yeah. But most recently, um, the the last one I just saw myself is um, actually, of course, iPad's going to glitch, was um, Mother Nature. So I've I seen her. Hair. Yeah, she's got like burgundy hair. And the first time I saw her, she looked like Art Nouveau. That's why I drew an Art Nouveau kind of frame around her. And the second time I saw her more detailed like this. But while she was floating by me, I saw her part of her face morph into um, a chimp and then an, a, a feline. So I've seen them. And then I also I see um, aliens. So I did tell you that I've the one is not nice i could show you what he looked like he doesn't look very nice he wasn't nice but if he was tricking me yeah he's not nice he was a negative attachment um this one however they get confused so that was a reptilian this one is a serpent so this is part of michael shaman's um spirit team and his name is rex and he's very high vibration, like angel. So he's hard to see, you know, the higher the vibration, you have to have a high vibration to see him. But my spirit guide I drew. Um, um, so mine's actually an Arcturian. So his name is Arthur. I call him Art. And he's Arcturian alien. They're high vibration too. And also they shape shift into angels. So they um, don't scare people. They look like angels sometimes. I've seen them oh, both ways. Cool. I've seen them as an angel and as uh, Arcturian. Nice. So I see, yeah, I see him when I, I meditate. I've even, uh, he's done downloads on me and I've seen the downloads come at me and they look like this. I tried wow. to draw it like weird writing and like, beehive i don't know like qr code stuff but that's what i I saw the download come at me like that and and then the next day after i saw it on what looked like paper then i saw it like on microfilm like 10 layers of it coming at me like a big giant download wow Um, all that information that's crazy yeah um my sister had an encounter with a nordic alien they look like humans but very beautiful. Nice. Yeah. So I've definitely been busy drawing a lot of spirit guides for people. That's cool. It is cool. I've seen Jesus once. Like my meditations are bad, like awesome now. Cool. Yeah. And people hire me. Like I have done um, this one. This is somebody's spirit guide. He hired me to draw his spirit guide. Oh, that's awesome. A great yeah. picture. Yeah. So I don't do. I haven't done a ton of the human ones. I've done a, more of the um, the fairies and stuff. I'm working on two fairies now and a fairy queen right now. 
but they're uh, they're kind of fun. Yeah, cool. they're fun. But I get help. Like um, Morgan helps me with the drawings, um, telling me because if I see them, I might just see a glimpse. So I get some information, but then Morgan helps me with all the details. You know, that's cool teamwork. Yeah, and Michael Shaman has helped me with some, and another girl named um, Jenna that's a friend of Morgan's, and she's incarnated. Um, I don't know if I mentioned that Morgan's abilities come from being a fairy before. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. When, when Michael said that, I, I didn't even know fairies were real at that point. Fairies are real. I saw them on my, on an investigation myself. I didn't know they were real. But yeah, I I was was in denial when I first saw it. I'm like, no way. Like what's going on here. But then I just had to accept it because it was undeniable. Well, when I saw the golem in my bedroom, I thought it was an alien at first. I thought I was going to be abducted. <laughs> You're like, great. <laughs> great. Just what I need. The portal just was closed. Now yeah. I'm going to be abducted by aliens. <laughs> yeah, I got I to gotta make this quick. I got to be at work in the morning. Yeah, that kind of stuff. <laughs> just don't probe. Don't probe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, well, that's, so that's, uh, that's a lot of stuff. That's a lot of things going on. It's a lot. I mean, that's huge. That's a huge, huge adventure right there. Just to get to where you are now, it's amazing. Um, I'm having a lot of fun, and I do feel like you know, um, drawing people's spirit guides do help them if they meditate to connect with their spirit guide better. If they've got, because you know, our imagination is so powerful. So if you've got the image already that you know what they look like, then it will make it stronger for you to imagine seeing them and talking to them and hearing from them. I think it's good. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm glad that this is a new path that you're going on. And it's really good that you're sharing those abilities with other people who want to know more about that stuff. And with the yeah. of being able to show people their, their spirit guides, that's a huge connection. Because as soon as you drew my lion, I was like, oh, connection. And now it's, I feel that vibration all the time with me. So it's awesome. Well, and, and like I said, if you put the picture of him up in your house, he's just like it's going to be great for him too. You know, like um, yeah, I have, I've got my precious picture. I gave a picture of precious to Michael Shaman and he had it framed in his house and he loved his little, his picture. Right. But now he has a golem of his own. So if you, my friend wanted gnomes. So I gave her a framed picture of my gnomes and now her house has gnomes, you know, like if you, if you put these pictures in your house, you get, these guys at your house too, you know, yeah. and, and these guys are positive to have around. That's awesome. That's yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm stoked on that. It's cool. Yeah. There's something manifesting about them, you know, I totally believe it. You know, it's all the connection, you know, it's, it's like putting that energy out there and all of a sudden they, that energy is just sitting there and they can come to that anytime they want. It's their spot, you know? Yeah. That's yeah. Beautiful thing. It sort of lets them know that you're into them or you're open to having them in your life, you know? Yes. So that's awesome. Well, thank you for sharing that story with us and letting us know what's happening. And this is uh, an amazing conversation because all this stuff happened with the haunted house and the pit and the story. And then it turned into something else, which was really more uh, lighthearted, more beautiful aspect. With all the negative, all of a sudden, here we go. Here's some light, you know, on the other side of the tunnel here. And it's a big, beautiful world. Uh, I think, um, 
Yeah, I think the right people bought this property and that's how I feel. Like and I I feel like I learned a lot of lessons. And you don't always get lessons like the easy way. Sometimes yeah. you have to go through something hard to come out the other side and have learned a lot. I learned a lot. And I'm very yeah. grateful. You have all that knowledge now. Now you're helping other people and sharing with other people, which is awesome. Yeah, that's what I do. I try to plant the seed and open them up to spirituality. That's, that's I was saying earlier today, my tattoo shop is just a, it's a front. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why not, right? But the people can so, get their drawings now and they can go get their tattoo of their spirit guy with them. Why not? They can. They can do that. Yep. <laughs> That'd be cool. Okay, so we are about out of time. It's been an awesome talk with you. Uh, love hanging out with you and talking this stuff with you. Uh, it's an incredible journey, and uh, we'll always be talking, so I'll be able to sh share that. When you have more stuff you want to show, I'd like to have you back on this show and talk a little bit more detail about that kind of stuff because I, I truly believe this is the beginning of something really big for you. I, I am, I am, I'm journaling it. I am journaling every single encounter I have now so that I can remember it better later. That's awesome. Well, thanks for joining us and I really appreciate it. And uh, everybody make sure you go uh, get the haunted guest house. You can get it on Amazon or you can go down to her tattoo shop, the tattoo room and get an autographed copy. Um, like the one I have, I got one autographed me and it's awesome. And it says, you are so amazingly amazing. I love you so much, Danielle. And I think that is the greatest thing. I love this book. So appreciate it. Um, we'll get together soon and continue more stuff. Uh, just continue up the good work, you know, and I'll check in with you and see how things are going. All right. Thank you so much, Stefan, for having me. Uh, real quick, people want, want to reach out to you. How would they get a hold of you? I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. I've got my tattoo shop has a website. Like there's ways to hit email, whatever you want. You know, you could put links um, in the description under the video or whatever you want. Perfect. That's, that's what I'll do. So go ahead. If you have any questions about the stuff we talked about, if you want to see her uh, artwork, if you want to get a tattoo, you go ahead, reach out to Danielle. Um, like I said, she said, go ahead and messenger on Facebook, Instagram, I'll put a couple of links in for the YouTube. Um, so when you guys see that link to it, uh, ask her questions. You know, this is a whole new thing that we haven't really discussed much on the paranormal shows. And this is opening things up. So um, go ahead and hit her up. Uh, maybe you can make an appointment and she'll draw your spirit guide for you. Everybody wants to know what they look like, right? Uh, make sure they're cool looking and with their dress properly so they don't embarrass you with your friends. You know, <laughs> well, so go come. hit her up. The spirit guides come. Yeah. Get her up and uh, get that going. And you have been listening to and watching My Darkest Hour. And uh, we will see you guys next time right here on the show. Um, going to be interviewing our good friend Van Doren coming up. So uh, pay attention for that. And uh, we will see you guys next time. So once again, Danielle, thank you so much for joining us. And we will see you next time. Thank you so much. Bye now.